ready in 5, 4, 3, 2. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast! With Christina P. Meow, 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 meow. Katie Morton is joining me today. I haven't seen her in so long. But before that, let's do some dates. DC Improv, Washington Dick come July 15th and 16th. I'm there. And then I go to San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club, July 29th and 30th. One night only in Meat Rattle, Washington at the Neptune Theater. There's just a tiny, like a handful of tickets by the time this airs. I don't even know. Cleveland. Ohio, Hilarities, August 12th and 13th, August 26th and 27th, Minneapolis at the Acme Comedy Club, one night only in Brooklyn at the Bell House the night before Bauhaus, September 7th. I know you're all uh, worrying about that. Nashville, Tennessee in October. I go to Jew Dork Titties at Caroline's in November, and the list goes on and on. I've also just added uh, Donya Beach, which is Fart Lauderdale. I believe. Um, and that'll be up on the board. Christina P online.com for tickets. Check out my special mom jeans. If you haven't, I've also did a small spot on Amy Schumer's parental advisory on Netflix. Trot out, chuck it out. How about that? And also I'm so excited. I, I'll talk about this a great length uh, more, but you know, everybody knows me from uh, where my red lipstick, I've worn red lipstick since I was 13 years old. It's my thing. Will you go to my website, uh, Native? I've so I was. This is Katie Morton, by the way. Hi, Katie. Oh, hi. hi. I was <laughs> Sorry. Just, I'm like. I'm like. When is this bitch gonna talk to me? I know. No, you're fine. So your lips are. So yeah. So different. Katie, I've been, I've been obsessed with red lipstick my whole life, mm-hmm. and I've tried every brand under the sun, every shade. I'm a fucking expert. You told me which one to purchase, and I purchased Stila's. Don't you do that anymore? You know oh, why? why? Miss Christina P has developed her own <gasps> lipstick. <gasps> My perfect shade. I call it the perfect shade. It is, I developed it with an atelier, atelier <laughs> in Italy. I mean, this is like the best atelier. I think that's how I say it. I think so. Atelier. It's a, the, a makeup house is what they're called in Italy. Mm-hmm. And it is so beautiful. This product is hand done the the mix is gorgeous it lays on the lip perfectly it won't dry your lips out there it is christina p's perfect red lipstick this is the perfect shade and the perfect consistency it's my brand it is developed uh with me so this is i i christina p approved so whenever people ask me what what are you wearing what lipstick get it on my website christina p online.com christina p's perfect red lipstick that's awesome Um, yeah give it a minute to ship because it's coming from all the way from Europe. Uh, but yeah, I'm so stoked about this. It's so rad. It's such a good product. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, buddies. Yeah. So more importantly, Katie, thank you so much for being here. I haven't seen oh, you in so long. I know. I was trying to think of one. I mean, it's been a couple of months. But it feels like an eternity. It feels like a really long time. Because we're always trying to get together. And then <laughs> I'm know. like, my kids are sick. I was up all night. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Everybody knows who's listened. I've had a horrible couple months. And I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, it's good to see you. You too. So you've got two books, Are You Okay? and Traumatized. And you do a podcast called Ask Katie Anything. And if you don't know who this woman is, you need to know. She's on YouTube. She's on TikTok. She is a a fountain of help for everybody that has any questions about mental health 
about anything in the world. She's so accessible. She's not going to use terms you don't understand, which always made me so bummed out about, which is why I love you, is that you're very accessible and you break it down. I try. Yeah. Do my best. And so how do people ask ha- ask you questions for Ask Katie Anything? I gather them on the YouTube channel that my podcast is on. It's just go to, if you just look up Ask Katie Anything on YouTube, it'll okay. pop up and go to the community tab. I ask on Sundays. Oh, perfect. So then Ta-da. you read them yourself. She reads yep. them herself. And then you decide which ones you're going to answer. Yeah. I pick the ones with the most thumbs ups. <laughs> That's good to know. People are going to start campaigning to uh-huh. get their stuff. So what's the most common question people have? Mm. I mean, there's a lot about like therapy itself. Mm. And a, I get a shitload of questions about like, I'm too attached to my therapist. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, both. I, I guess it's it's. It's funny because I, I just filmed a video. It hasn't gone out yet. Um, it might by the time this airs, but about the words we use that are like bad things, like you're too attached or you're, you need too much attention. And I'm like, or you're overreacting, right? Mm. You're too sensitive. We women, hear these women hear that one a lot. All the time. Even as a kid, I heard all the time, you're too sensitive. Like, why mm. are you so affected by this? And those are all good things in therapy because what's it, up with your feelings you stupid kid why do you have so many fucking feelings oh, yeah, I swear my parents said that stuff to me stuff them down like the rest of us <laughs> I promise you my dad told me you're so dramatic yeah I'm, what I'm, are you crying about you have nothing to cry about I, and you're like oh my god this is exactly how you traumatize children totally and like <laughs> make it difficult for us to express them later so. that's how you become a comedian or a therapist <laughs> it's people telling you not to feel stuff to- totally so we turn it into, what's it called? Sublimation when yeah. you turn something bad into something oh, useful. So it's, it's such a yeah long journey. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, so anyways, yeah. all of those things like overreactions, oversensitivities, overly attached are all what I would call like good red flags, meaning it's an indicator that something else is going on. So as a therapist, then you're like, oh, I can explore that. Like, let's ask more about that. Let's understand that. What does overly attached look like? Because I'm married. You're mm-hmm. married. I have children. What is the overdoing of that look like? I guess overly attached would mean like it's difficult for you to be apart from them. Mm. And if it's we're talking about a therapist, you're like wanting to call them in between sessions all the time and see them all the time. (laughs) And with relationships, I think it'd be more that you're not okay being by yourself. Oh, yeah. Like I love being by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I love my husband and my dog, but I also like silence. So do I. And I have to admit that as a mom, I felt so guilty. Admitting that I really enjoyed being away from my children, especially when they're young and you're still in the haze of postpartum depression and like the anxiety of like, are they okay without me? And da, 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 da. and I think very recently, actually, I would admit to being happy without them, happy with them. Well, yeah, it kind <laughs> of goes really both ways, scary. right? You love yeah. them, but we also like you existed before they did. Yeah. So like sometimes you want to get in touch with her. Yeah, I want to remember who I am. Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, because we can get so wrapped up in what we do as being who we are. I know. Especially. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. Uh Oh, I like that. I forget. I think like Ram Dass said that or (laughs) Or Oprah, somebody important. Um, (laughs) I was on TikTok. So, yeah, that's so true. But for the longest time, I would feel guilty. And then I would come back to my kids after being away and then overcompensate for that guilt. And, you know, and mm-hmm. ugh, so now I'm I think I'm thoroughly beaten down by motherhood enough to where I could be like, fuck off. I'm leaving. And what then I it? just you call it profound suffering, profound suffering. <laughs> motherhood is profound suffering and then profound joy. Mm-hmm. It's a pendulum and it's not hel- like it's just bananas. It's a lot. Yeah. 
So to get away from it is tremendous. Yeah, and I can't even, I mean, I don't have kids, so I'm not going to pretend to understand. You have a doggy, but a small dog is equivalent to a small child in a way. I, sometimes, I mean, a yeah. little bit, where you have to, you have to always consider them, you're listening for them, you don't sleep oh. soundly at the first, because you're like, are you going to shit in my house? <laughs> yeah. You know, please don't. Um, what yeah. are you puking on today? Right, yeah. always puking yeah. on something. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was my flip-flops, which uh-huh. I was like, awesome. Thank cool. you. At least you kept it to the tiled area, <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a place for you to be a mom and there's a place for you not to. And I think it's also okay to tell your kids like, I'm going to take a break. Like I'm going with my friends to have a weekend or I'm taking, you know, mom and dad are going away and you get to enjoy time with, with Nana or, you know, you're whoever. Right. And letting them know that it's okay. You know, you don't have to feel guilty. I have a, I guarantee they're having a good time and they're fine with it. That's the thing (laughs) is that I, it took me a long time to, cause they also know, Mm-hmm. That if they're like, no, mommy, we love you, that you're going to be like, huh, like it, mm-hmm. it, they know, they know. So if you tell them like, well, you're going to be staying with the nanny or with grandma or whatever. And guess what? It's probably you're probably going to eat a lot of candy that mommy won't let you. Mm-hmm. You're going to watch- get away with all sorts of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I justify just sneaking away. God. And also what's really helped me is having a space in my home that reminds me of who I was before I had children. Mm. Um, my mom goth room, which is very uh-huh. similar design to this room. <laughs> I go in there sometimes and just lock the door mm-hmm. and listen to music that I like. Yep. And just think and just like, because your nervous system, I feel, gets so keyed up around small kids because they're tantruming. So when they're dysregulated, I get dysregulated. And you have to, I have to go in there and be like, dude, what? Well, it's like overstimulation. Do you know what I yeah. mean? The sounds, the demands, the lack of sleep, like oh, all God. those things just wear on you. You need to have the safe space. My safe <laughs> space. I'm triggered. <laughs> I need a safe space. Well, your own space where kids don't hang out. You know, I I wonder, is there is there such a thing as a safe space? Really? I mean, I mean, you create it for yourself in your own head. It's called being resilient. (laughs) And sorry, that doesn't like you can't make other people create it for you. You're responsible. Right. That always pisses me off when they're like, we create a safe space. And I'm like, sure, you can do things so you don't like allow children to bully each other. But spoilers, everybody gets bullied. Like the bullies <laughs> get bullied. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying like the biggest bully in your school probably got hurt by his father or Absolutely. his parent. Like it's a cycle. But I think when it comes to safe spaces for us, that means you eat well, you yeah. sleep well, yeah. you drink water, you do all the shit we're, we know we're supposed to do. And we probably maybe don't. And that creates our own safe space because people can like yell or get really like, I mean, as a therapist, people used to yell in my office all the time. And I could just sit there and be like, <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> I can hold this space for you. Yeah. And that's not my life, you know? Yeah. And that sounds a lot like motherhood because <laughs> y- you get yelled at yeah. all the time. And you're just like, This is okay. Yeah. We're going to I hate okay. you. Cool. Good. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Fuck off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks and for the feedback. Yeah. You have to like <laughs> contain that and hold the space for mm-hmm. them to be wild feral animals and then you they eventually get civilized over time but yeah. it's like right now my three-year-old's just a wildling oh three-year-olds it, it's a tough time i feel like yeah. two to four is really tough. it's horrible it's the worst uh but my six-year-old's cool as shit well he's come over that hump right and he has a little bit more emotional intelligence a little bit more awareness yeah you know it'll get better and better and better it does get better and better by before four, you know I'm it like, poof, they'll be they say that I don't feel it. <laughs> You're in it. <laughs> I, again, this not face. that I can speak to it because, yeah. like, I get one night of not good sleep and I'm like uh, fucked up. Like, there's no way. I haven't slept in like seven years because you also think too, like, 
pregnancy, you don't sleep through pregnancy. No. So you're by the time you give birth, you're so worn down from the physicality of being pregnant and then creating a human dude it's so it's like the equivalent i read somewhere of running a marathon every day the amount of work that your body does to create a person i mean i'm not surprised because doesn't your blood volume like double Double. like that's fucking nuts so just walking you're walking around like an obese like burt kreischer like (laughs) you're when you're nine months pregnant, it's basically like being Bert. Like, you know when you see him walk and his face is super big? It's like a lot and of he's effort. Like, like you he's just laboring. Yeah, you just labor breathing. Mm-hmm. That's what Bert, fe- he must feel like that. He's oh, got to be he exhausted. Is. There he's it is. He's nine months. Yeah, he's past yeah. two. Yeah, he's way past two. That literally is what I looked like <laughs> when I gained 80 pounds on my first pregnancy from eating in and out every day. God, he's going to, it's not good. Anyway. Yeah, so by yeah. the time you deliver, then you go through the trauma of that, and then they hand you a newborn, and they're like, here you go, and you're like, wait, what? I'm, I I can't, and then, you know. You're and just, it never stops. You're on to the races. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just got on that treadmill, didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting. It, it is. I don't see you doing all the hard work. Oh, and, it, and by, yeah, I think so, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for me. I'm glad people like you have kids. You know, like responsible, like trying their best, like actually putting in the effort. It's important. (laughs) Otherwise, like idiocracy over here. I know. know? But I get it because it's it is constant work to parent. It's Mm -hmm. not. It's so it's like you have to be on it. Like, no, don't do that. You can't say that. You can't kick the dog. You can't do you can't be an asshole. Yeah. And it is easy. Some days you're like, I I don't care. Just go. Well, you can't be on every day. (sighs) Also, I feel like that's like the. You know, perfectionistic, That's all my or nothing, problem. black and white. That's when it's me. really just gray. <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I can do it. Okay. So okay. you get asked about therapy. Am mm-hmm. I too attached? Yep. Am I enmeshed? Enmeshment? Is uh-huh. that the word? Like uh, I'm in, in enmeshment means so there's enmeshment or codependency, which are yeah. both kind of like too close. Uh, yeah. enmeshment is there are no boundaries between you and I yeah. if you're enmeshed your emotions are my emotions Ugh. it's our emotions uh-huh. sounds can, like a lot of our mothers at Studio Jeans it can be very I have a feeling dangerous we share that yeah yeah and then codependency is that I make your life possible by doing things to assist you it's almost like you could think of codependency almost like a helicopter parent yeah. but it, do it in all relationships where like oh no no I'll take care of that oh no 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 oh no no but then so so that's interesting I was just listening to that that book that's now considered, uh, you know, I, I guess very taboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Men are from Mars. Oh, Mars, Women from Venus. That was so popular in like the 80s and 90s. It was. And- I was like everywhere. I remember commercials. <laughs> I wow. But I think now it's considered wrong because there are no more men and women. They're persons with penises and what are that's women. That's not and true. People with periods. People can't say stuff like that. That's not right. <laughs> so I was listening to Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus and I think I think it's really spot on. If you're a cisgendered woman married to a cisgendered male, this guy nails it. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, like, I've been practicing these tricks that I learned from mm-hmm. this book on my husband, and it's been fantastic. Like, what is it? Like, I've oh, never read. I've never read it. Hold on, we'll okay. get there. Okay, I'll I'll give you my secrets. Okay. So, but I wanted to run this by you. Mm-hmm. As somebody that knows human beings, he said that women's emotions are like waves. And this is what reminded me of that when you said codependent mm-hmm. is that I think the tendency of women is to care for everyone, all the stuff like we keep in your mind, you're keeping everything together. That's codependency, right? Like if I don't do this, then yeah, how will they? Right. Yep. And so you get you're into that. You're into the caring and the doing and the loving. And then your emotions crash. The woman crashes. 
I'm assuming he's that's a matter of like period. <laughs> like when you get your Maybe. period, and you're, you're like, like, why was I so emotional? Oh, that's why. Yeah. Because yeah. I totally am the wave where I overdo mm-hmm. it. I overdo it. I overdo it. And then I crash. And I'm like, everybody, fuck off. I need to be in a room alone for three days. I'm going <laughs> to take a fucking uh, a Xanax and I'm going to sleep and no one's going to talk to me. So I very much relate to mm-hmm. the wave. But I don't know. What do you think? Is that a codependence? Probably because I'm codependent. And no, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily. I mean, codependence, maybe it could be part of it. I've recently been like going down this rabbit hole of my own and my own work of how anxieties like fucked my life up god so person like god. i've always been overly responsible that yeah. like keep it all together because it's it's actually hypervigilant me to calm my own anxieties is like if i'm doing everything then i know it's getting taken care of and you're not fucking it up because you never do it right but i'm mm-hmm. not gonna say that to you because like anxiety i don't like conflict <laughs> and so sometimes i feel like i do certain things it's a manipulation not like to harm anybody it's not malicious but i'm manipulating so that i'm calmed yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, so 100%. I don't ride like these crazy waves. Everybody's different though. Yeah. Mine probably more in the middle, but yeah. I definitely will have this like fuck off. But I also don't have kids, right? So I'm not like strapped. Kids will, yeah. But like if I don't sleep well, like fuck off. I know. Fuck I mean, right off. Like it's not going to be. To quote your Canadian born husband. <laughs> you can fuck right off. You can fuck right off, eh? I love fuck right off. It's so Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trailer Park Boys. I just where <gasps> yeah. I from. Yeah, dude. Oh, it's so funny. I've been watching that again lately. It's so good. It's so rad. Yeah. So, dude, you're right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You get. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was like that mm-hmm. before kids. And then kids just drain you from of well, your life you force. Keep yeah. everything together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's some tricks that I learned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. listen, ladies, if you're married to a regular dude and I say regular is in just like like sandwiches, blowjobs, mm-hmm. football steaks. Yep. Yep. That's who most of My us husband. are married to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's so great. This book was like you have to just give it a listen. It's on Audible. There's the abridged version, which I recommend for moms who like are just too busy. To, you're not going to fucking read. OK, I, I say reading, but I mean, I'm listening, <laughs> listening to shit all the time. Hey, that's, that's better than doing nothing. <laughs> I know. I, I like have one earbud in as I'm cooking breakfast for kids. So, OK, number one, don't give a man unsolicited advice. Mm, true. He gets very agitated. Yeah, because we <laughs> want to help. So the women are always inclined to want to help. And apparently they don't want that. So yeah. when you see that they're keyed up about something, just shut up. And yep. when he, if he wants to ask you for assistance or advice, then, then you listen and give it. But never until... That's really good advice. That took me a while to learn. Oh, my God. Me too. I'm such a fucking idiot. Over the years, Tom would always say, I'm like, yeah, well, you know what you should do? And I just see the seething. Mm-hmm. They're already angry immediately. <laughs> But then the thing with Sean is he'll do it to me. He'll offer me unsolicited advice. Oh, and do you like that or not at all? Not even a little bit. (laughs) And I'll say, "Uh uh-huh. And that's me saying, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm not going to say it to you. Love you, bye. Uh I'll say, love you. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Southern bless her heart. Oh, yeah. Just just bless their heart. Either means you're stupid (laughs) or you're dumb or we hate you. We don't know. Just bless your heart, Mm -hmm. husband. (laughs) Yeah. So that's true. So don't give advice when it's when they're not unless they ask for it. And then he said that men's emotions are like rubber bands. Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. they come and they go. So like they're stretched. So they stretch, they go away from you, and then they come back. And to let the man go into his cave, like, when they're dealing with something, they don't come out and go, like, 
hey, wife, knowledgeable, intuitive, emotionally connected wife, I'm having this turmoil inside. I would love your advice. Instead, they're like, Ugh. and then like, my yep. husband will just go down to the gym and like <gasps> come back all sweaty and be like, I'm fine. How? What's for dinner? You know, oh, and totally. I'm like, Ew, what, where are you, you psychopath? I think men are just psychopaths because they don't express feeling. That, yeah, they don't know how to acknowledge. It just, Sean's getting better, but he, it takes him longer to process. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like he'll but just like, like be in it for a while. Yeah. Why are they retarded? I feel like <laughs> men are emotionally. I think it's, I mean, it could be a couple of things. I think societally, we don't t- always teach kids, especially our husband's age. Like they don't, my, I'm pretty sure my husband's father wasn't like, it's okay to cry it out. That's true. Yeah. The you boomers know? were really repressed. Like suck it up, buttercup, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I was even told that. So like, Same. I don't know if we're all fucked up maybe, but I think there's that. And then I think there's also just like, I don't know, for Sean, at least he's like, I don't think about it the way you think about it. Yeah. Like I can get deep in like. I mean, even our conversation. It's that would never not, happen. N- no, that's just not. It doesn't happen with we're men. We're just different. I think, too, like this book was saying that men are more into um, like problem solving mm-hmm. and then achievement in the world. And mm-hmm. women are more relational. Even though we, you and I are very achievement oriented, it's not the end all be all. No, and I need the connection. That. Yeah. Like, since having moved, I like make more of an effort to like give that to myself or like I'm trying to plan a trip to LA to like reconnect yeah. with friends there and stuff because that's important to me and i don't think it bothers sean as much as it does me i don't like, think it bothers doesn't seem bothered at all dude tom can live alone <laughs> like i think we he has a yeah there's a room in our house just for him to go and be alone like yeah. i think <laughs> that's pretty telling you know mm-hmm. it's got a big fuck off door too with a lock on it he's yeah. like i want a lock on it mm-hmm. i'm like all right okay. i love it um <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, pro- they're they're not they're not into their feelings as much as we are and yeah. into figuring it out. They're more like I just want to get over this. Yeah. So what's is that accurate, you guys? I mean, I, actually, I'm talking more to Chad and Chris because I feel like they're more evolved males. Um, what what am I? <laughs> you're you're a pretty standard. Dude, you're <laughs> you're from Mars. Like you're. I would consider you. I don't know. I think Chris is more sensitive because he's got longer hair and. <laughs> Chad is more astute observes and observation. Wow, I can't talk today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's he is more emotionally attuned, and I would guess Chad is because he's had sex with older French women. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I'm more evolved. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, what do you think? Are you are you? Does this sound? Does this resonate? I mean, from what it sounds like, you kind of described you you, women or men are almost the same. It sounded like you're like. Men don't give men unsolicited advice, but then you described how you hate it too. I know, mm-hmm. but we do it. But women do it all the time, right? I and think we're more we're more apt to do it. Yeah, we're at, we're the asshole willing to yeah. give it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think no one likes getting unsolicited advice. But um, also, and then the rubber band thing and the waves things almost sounds like two different ways to describe the same thing. Men pull away and then they come back. Women. Or get emotional and then they want to be isolated. No, that's not. Sorry, so sorry. They they don't want to get isolated. That's my mental illness. So in the book, <laughs> oh, my that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I isolate. But generally speaking, he said that women, when they go the crash, mm-hmm. they want the support of the man to be like, I see you. What can I help you? They want words mm-hmm. of affirmation or they want to be, they, you want to feel validated and special. And if I a woman sometimes want that, but other, I like isolation too. <laughs> I think it's the introvert part of me. I have to like recharge. Yeah. I get fucking exhausted. I get exhausted easily too. People are exhausting. Yeah. 
I love them, but yeah, you know, if they're not close friends, I'm like, I'm the same way. It's yeah. Draining my life force. I think chit chat. Yeah, it does oh, that. I can't Mm-mm. like a party, <laughs> like going out to like a cocktail party with people like don't really know. And I have to like try to pretend to care. I get, oh, mom's so exhausted. And because people find out I'm a therapist, then inevitably somebody's like, so let me tell you. It all started when I was 12 years old. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, it is 830. I'm off the clock. You know, it's so, don't do that to anybody, please. We don't want that. No. That's I'm, not at a cocktail. No. I'm friends with a therapist. Another, I'm you're now my second for work. Yeah. You're Are actually seeking us out. I don't know. I, I think I'm so attracted to therapists because. I think you like living in that headspace. I love it. And I love that. I, I also like it because I don't. I think I made a new rule that I'm not going to make any new friends that haven't been in therapy mm. because I keep my side of the street clean. Or I try. Yeah. I work on keeping yep. my side clean. And I would love if you could keep your side clean because I don't want to have an unconscious. Totally. And some passive aggressive weird yeah. or something. It, like it was, I'm too tired for that. <laughs> I'm too tired. I have no, no resources. No. But no. old friends that I've had since I was 13, mm-hmm. carte blanche. You want to be a maniac? <laughs> yeah, it does. But it doesn't affect me because I know what to expect. Gotcha. Like I know why they're like, I've known them so long. Yeah. Okay. What is, what's another question you get asked a lot? Hmm. I get a lot of questions about like trauma healing. Yeah. because it's exhausting and it takes a long time. People get frustrated. And then there's always that like invalidation, shame spiral of like, did I make this up? I'm making this into a bigger deal than it really was. Did it yeah. really happen? Was I really traumatized? Yada, yeah, yada, yada. why do we do that? Because, well, there's a bunch of reasons, but one of them is when we are abused or when we're traumatized when we're younger, we don't, you have to consider your resources of that age and your understanding of the world is pretty limited, right? Like yeah. when you're a kid, you don't really understand. You actually don't even know if what your parents are doing is wrong because <laughs> it's the only thing you know, right? I know. Like, it, I don't know how dads act with other people. I only know how my dad acts, yeah. right? Until you start hanging out with friends, parents, and you're <laughs> like either their family's fucked up or my family's, then you have those realizations, right? Yeah. But for a huge swath of time, oh boy, you have no idea. Yeah. So when something goes wrong or you get hurt yeah. and you're told that's your fault, you know, why would yeah. you do that? You made me do that, like abusive language. <laughs> then you internalize that and you're like, I did it. I made that happen. I'm the problem. Yeah. So shame enters yeah. our lives. And so when we go out and we become older, we're like, well, they didn't. It was my fault. Right. I did it. And it wasn't that bad. Right. The minimization. Well, then it wasn't really that bad. You know, mm, I'm fine look at me living my life. I'm fine. Yeah. And it's our way of just coping so we can get through essentially to survive. Yeah. Or, or when you ask somebody like, were you ever, Dr. Drew always says this, he'll be like, were you ever abused growing up? No. Everybody always says no. No. Well, wait, there was one time my mom would hit me with a hairbrush um, <laughs> every night for 20 years, but that was not, you know, I mean, I wasn't like And the spanking. neglect is abuse too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go into dance clubs with your dad. <laughs> Like, yeah what is it relax oh relax yeah. like he goes to hollywood yeah see that's that not good either no no yeah and um it's true because i for so many years i was like because my parents would also tell me like you are overreacting mm-hmm. that whole thing like this is not abuse shut up i am not a drunk drunks are you know falling down they don't go to work and uh-huh. i'm like okay so maybe you know daddy and mommy are right about everything and you mm-hmm. totally minimize your own you don't experience know. yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, I am overreacting. I am too sensitive. Yeah. And so when we go out in the world and other things happen that are traumatizing, we're like, it's just me, <laughs> you know, versus. Or, or it doesn't even register. No, you're like that. You, know, you find yourself in other abusive relationships. 
yeah, I mean, there's a reason I became a comedian because like that is trauma over and over. Yeah, I don't know how you guys bomb and like survive. <laughs> and then staying in shitty hotels or motels and Ooh. like coming up. Yeah, it's all trauma. Yeah. But you like, this is fine. What are you talking about? I'm living the dream. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I know. Oof, I don't know how you did it. But then I couldn't imagine being a therapist and listening to other people's stuff because like it would affect me. I think like, do you go home when you go home at night and just cry? Like... No, I mean, boundaries. Oh, right. So, You're like, that person's fucked up. Is that what you say on the drive home? You're like, oof. No, sometimes it's I'm heavy. Not you. And sometimes it's, it's usually drive homes are quiet. Like, I don't want music mm. on. I've been listening all day. It's like yeah. kind of exhausting. So it's usually like quiet time. And it's almost like I never bring work home. I mean, you can't bring your files home unless you have like a locked cabinet. There's like HIPAA laws and stuff. But I do all my notes in my office. Then I lock them up shut down the office and leave. I don't take any work home like that. And therefore it's like a nice break. Like mm. this is work. This is real life. Also, I'm different as a therapist than I am. Like, you know, yeah. you, the way you know me is not therapist. Like only my patients know me as therapist, Katie, because it's just different. Of course. Like you wouldn't want me to be like, hmm. I just don't be like silent. It. I just <laughs> saw you do it. You fucking slipped into it. I felt it. I was like. Where <laughs> you ask a question then just like however long it takes for the reply. You just yeah. have that space. Whoa, you, you totally reminded me of my shrink just there. <laughs> you went into it. What are you guys writing? What are the notes? Little things to remember or things to check back on. So like, this chick is fucking whacked. No. Oh. Yeah, they're medical Borderline. records. Borderline. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always imagine that she's writing down, like she's diagnosing me. She's like, definitely PTSD. This one's you a might put, bipolar. I might write PTSD question mark and then write some symptoms, hypervigilance, anxiety. Yeah. You know, you'd, See, you'd I track. fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. How else are we supposed to diagnose you? Just be like, and depression. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say flip hmm. through the DSM. Hmm. This one. The DSM. So so what a fascinating the DSM. So for those of you, can you explain what the DSM book is? Yeah, it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And it's put out by the APA, the American Psychological Association. And it's a book to help us help guide diagnostics. So let's say you come to me and you have some symptoms. Uh, you're lethargic. You don't enjoy the things you used to. And I'm like, mm, you're not sleeping well. So I'm looking. At, I mean, I know, but let's say I, I'm new to the practice, I would look and it would be like, oh, that's kind of depression symptoms. But then it has questions in there, like uh, what they call differential diagnosis. Like, is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it postpartum uh, depression? Right. Is it bipolar disorder? So there's like disorder? a checklist. Like yeah. you go, oh yeah, they've got this, this, that would indicate this diagnosis. Yes. So what's really interesting, and I think you've mentioned this to me before, is that the DSM changes over time, mm -hmm. right? Because we, we learn more, we calibrate language. We, I mean, I imagine there's like, medical billing practices that yeah. come into place. So Not anymore. Like, they don't use the DSM for billing anymore. Okay. Um, they use the ICD-11. And that's the, I don't remember what it's called. These are such cool names for yeah. like such an important. <laughs> ICD-11. The ICD-11. sounds terrible. I mean, they're just, honestly, I, I love and hate it. Like the DSM, I don't know if they're going to make another one. They just came really? out with a text revision. It's, honestly, it kind of sucks. Mm. like not everybody fits into these categorizations and then you can't get coverage maybe, or mm. there's misdiagnosis and mistreatments. And the ICD 11 is just much more like the medical model for like insurance purposes. Oh, uh, right. And so 
I feel like as long as we as clinicians are still learning how to treat symptoms and underlying conditions, we're going to be fine. I don't really think we need more updates. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I know that yeah. sounds crazy, but like, I, I mean, yes, they needed to remove the uh, anorexia component. There's a symptom like you had to lose your period. I'm like, dudes can have anorexia too. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. So there's all sorts of weird shit in there. It's interesting. And then they used to say that being gay was a mental illness. That's what I'm thinking about, too, because we've yeah. since revised that, like yeah. gayness, and then now, yeah, with trans and everything. Um, I Just so you know, I took a quiz um, a few episodes, was it last episode, um, to see if I was on the autism spectrum, and I am four points away from being likely Asperger's, right? <laughs> yep. Interesting. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I took an online quiz. I took an online quiz because mm-hmm. I do. Sometimes we aren't, but uh, what? Anyway, I thought that was interesting. What is? Do you know what autism is? We were discussing that. Yeah, autism time. spectrum disorder. So ASD. They don't uh, use the term Aspergers anymore, and people oh. on autism with um, ASD and the autistic community don't like that term because it was it was it has like a dark past. You can look it up. I'm not. I don't specialize in this, but. Um, I do have a lot of autistic people in my community. So autism spectrum disorder comes along. It's like a spectrum, just like it says. So you could see someone who maybe uh, has no trouble speaking, making eye contact, is super social and, you know, gets specialized hyper focus on certain areas and struggles and other parts of their life. So there's, yeah, you can, you know, high functioning, you could say. And a lot of people don't even like those terms, high functioning, low functioning, because then there's judgment around that. So people just like to say you're, you know, you're part of the spectrum. But it can go all the way to someone who is severely autistic, who has trouble regulating all the time. And that's where stemming, I mean, a lot of uh, people, autistic people stem, which is like repetitive behaviors to soothe your nervous system. Mm. And so the stemming can get so hard. That's where like hitting their head against the wall or like scratching or rocking. Um, It can get to the point where it's like they're not able to hide it. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's just, and mm-hmm. it makes it difficult for them to function. So it's hard to hold jobs and things like that. So there's a whole oh spectrum of it. Uh, but yeah, so. And it's funny. So so before we diagnosed these people, mm-hmm. like in society, what the fuck did we do with these folks? Did we just throw them in asylums? Possibly the lo- the ones that really struggled, like that are on the lower functioning side with a lot of the stemming. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, isn't Elon Musk, doesn't he say that he was diagnosed with Asperger's? I love Elon Musk. And he, yes. I mean, he's high. Like, I think that's the thing is it's like uh, schizophrenics or bipolar people. Like people always assume, oh, they can't do anything. I'm like, no, they really can. Sweetie, they're among us. Yeah, (laughs) They walk amongst us. Right. Well, Well, Kanye West has like created amazing music. Brilliant. Yeah. And I would assume those were all done in manic episodes. I don't know that, but it can. I feel like there's different parts of our brain you can unlock. Absolutely. For better, for worse. Especially creatives. Mm -hmm. And and I would argue that Elon Musk is a visionary, creative a brilliant mind but also too the other day I was I was sitting in a room full of comedians and I was looking around and I was diagnosing everybody like my total I was like oh I know what your deal is I know what my deal is and then I know what your diagnosis and I know you because I've known these people for 20 years now and I was like look at us like we're all like these functioning mental patients basically (laughs) like comedians are just mental patients that have figured out how to deal with life like to mm-hmm. that that this is our thing our drug or yeah. i hate using that i hate that that analogy like, oh it's a drug but like our our way to cope is yeah, stand it's, up it's that uh sublimation sublimation defense, defense mechanism yeah, yeah. So and we're all bad and something good but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we're all obsessed with this one thing but we're all insane 
And um, yeah, I think it took me a, a long time therapists to realize are that. Too. A lot of I, them. I know, and that's why totally I think that's why cookie. I love therapists. <laughs> Because game recognize game. Like, mm-hmm. how are you going to be a good therapist if you haven't seen some shit and you yeah. haven't been through stuff? You, I don't think you are effective. But the only problem I find between one of my, uh, Dr. Sherman out of Santa Monica, great psychiatrist, my favorite. He had told me a long time ago this, and it always stuck with me, and it's very true, that the difference between a good therapist and a bad therapist is that a good therapist has worked on their shit, mm. and they acknowledge and they didn't get into what they do to fix themselves. They mm. actually got in it to help people. A bad therapist hasn't worked on their shit mm. and got into the field to fix themselves. Mm. And that's the real truth. Uh, I think almost every person in the psychology realm has some shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has shit. Let's just be honest. Life isn't perfect for anybody. But yeah, you want to have someone who's worked through their stuff. Dude, same with comedians. Mm-hmm. Because you get into it. Yeah, the ones that are only thinking about me, me, me. I'm, 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 I'm not giving. And then mm-hmm. you grow up, and you're like, you have to give to the audience. They, yeah. they're invested in, in you. You better provide something for them. But I see lots of younger ones who are just so unconscious, and you're like, I know, I get it. It feels good to vent up there, but no one cares. No, no one gives a shit about your problems, sweetie, unless no. it pertains to unless their it helps lives. Them. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a story. So speaking of uh, the staff, we went to go see Maverick yesterday. And it's, you know, the Top Gun sequel that's been decades in the making. And I was so taken with this film that last night I was in bed just buzzing, just still <laughs> buzzing from the high of Maverick. And the boys came. They've, this is I forced my staff to, to take time off work to come see it with me yesterday during the day. Because, I'm you know, uh, we saw it yesterday and they all came wearing aviator sunglasses. Oh, cool. And one uh, our new employee here, one of our editors came wearing the jacket, like oh, an wow. official top. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, look, it was and it got me to thinking, why is this story? So able. I, I loved it when I was a child. I saw it in the theaters about five times the summer it came out in 86. And why am I still so taken? And I think because, and you're a therapist, you're a mm-hmm. psychologist, is it is it the hero's journey? Is it the, so essentially, you know, Maverick is a lone wolf and he's overcome the death of his friend Goose, mm-hmm. his best friend. We don't know that he has parents in this thing. Yeah, oh, no, no, sorry. His father, Mitchell, was uh, killed too, right? Yeah, he was um, killed in a mysterious thing. We don't know how he, his father dies. His mother dies of cancer, Maverick's mother. So he's an orphan. So you have the orphan mm-hmm. part of the story, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman dumps him to go away, and yet he still musters the courage to get back up there, get back in and the air. And also he's a badass. And he's then a he's badass. a badass. Like I think it's a, everybody wants to have that story. We're like, because we can all feel like life takes shits on us every day, but then you want to like rise above. Yeah. And that's like super motivating. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. He's so cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. (laughs) Right. Fucking the the flying scenes Mm -hmm. are just killer. And yeah. Yeah. And he's a bad, but he's not cocky. Like he's not arrogant. He's just fucking good. Yeah. And you're like, I want to be good at something like that. Also, it's like super dangerous and super, I don't know. It's like the elite of the elite. Do you yeah. know how they like talk it up? Like Top we're, the, we're the best of the best. Of the best. <laughs> Our know. dicks are the hardest. We play volleyball, <laughs> the sweatiest. And they still play volleyball in their, in their jeans. 
Not spoiler alert. Sorry. Spoiler uh, alert. They they play whatever and they still exercise in no shirt and jeans, which is odd. Nobody a, wears jeans who, to exercise. There's a guy on my mom's street who goes running every day in jeans, <laughs> and I'm always works. like, what's with this guy? Yeah, yeah. There are so many other options now. Yo, you never heard of shorts? Like they don't have shorts at Top Gun in Miramar, California, right? Yeah, it's so Doesn't funny. Make any sense? But uh, yeah, I think because too, like in this generation, I think right now the the anti-hero is more mm-hmm. popular. I saw um, I saw The Batman, which I don't know where the fuck The Bat is stupid. Yeah. Uh, and he's like this reluctant, whimpering, emo, hair in the face, oh, like no. limp dick fucking bullshit. And, mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, that's really indicative of the era we're in where the hero can't just be the hero. Like a man that stands up tall and has a nice hard peener and is like... <laughs> fuck you like that guy mm-hmm. and again he's not he's not arrogant he's not like an alpha douchebag he's just like a powerful male figure a powerful human yeah and that scene is like boo but i will tell you this i went to go buy tickets for maverick at 9 a.m that day the show was at 2 p.m it was already almost sold out oh wow good so that tells me we're coming back around people need this we do i think i've noticed i'm sure you've noticed this too but we went through this huge swing of like cancel you're canceled of course i noticed i I don't hate it it. yeah i hated it it's crazy because makes me listen to megan kelly because i'm like she's the only one talking (laughs) about yeah like i'm listening to megan kelly something's wrong with me yeah sean jordan peterson makes sense jordan peterson yeah ben shapiro's making sense that makes you feel insane you're living the the upside down fucking what is what reality am i in sorry go ahead no you're fine i'm so fired up no, Sean and I were the same too because we're like, what the fuck is happening? And it, it definitely feels like I'm not a conspiracy person, but it feels that way where you're like, someone's yeah. like pulling these levers and like making everybody fucking lose their minds into like nonsense land. Nonsense. Where honestly, it's funny because I've been online for how you've been doing, we've been out in the world presenting ourselves to other people for a long time. And I could fucking care less if someone wants to cancel me because I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get up tomorrow and still do my job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I think that we kind yeah. of got sick of it, right? Cancel Everything's canceled. Therefore, cancellations mean nothing. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I understand as a therapist, people being sensitive and that's helpful, but that's helpful information for you as a sensitive person to better understand how you can manage that. Take responsibility. It's not my responsibility for you yeah. getting upset. Yeah. I can't control you. You can't control me, you know. Take responsibility so, for your fucking self, man. And I think now we're swinging back into like hopefully a little bit more normalcy where it's like, yeah. you know, obviously there are outliers and people here like that person shouldn't exist. Like that's dangerous. Yeah. But most of this quote unquote cancel culture was not at all necessary. So dumb. And it was so stupid. And I, what I'm learning too is that it came from the universities, mm-hmm. which is really fucking egregious. And, and I think too, uh, it's funny because I posted a clip about uh, oh, the swimsuit, the Sports Illustrated model on my Instagram, and it was me being like, "This is nonsense. If this is not, if every, if everyone is beautiful, then nothing is beautiful. There's no standard of meaning. This is an absolute, and it's, it is a men's health magazine, and she is not healthy. It's like fucking so dumb. Mm-hmm. And in the comments, some people were like, "Okay, boomer, you're so old," and I'm like, "Yes, I am. You're right. I'm mm-hmm. 46 now, but the reason you don't see a problem." with the way the world is presented to you is because you are indoctrinated in this bullshit Kool-Aid. You were never taught to critically think Mm -hmm. and go, "Hmm, that is an interesting thing. Why am I being fed this narrative? Why is that? Hmm, That's weird. 
well, pronouns. No checking either. Nobody fact checks. They're Everything's like, on the I, internet. I saw something on TikTok, and so that makes it true. <laughs> I'm like, if your source is okay. So something funny that I always consider is like when I was in school, in order to cite a source. So let's say I'm writing a paper about borderline personality disorder. In order for me to cite something, it has to be uh, post has to have a, like a uh, what's the word? It has to be less than ten years old. Mm-hmm. So meaning, if it if it happened eleven years ago, it's too Done. old. Can't use it. It has to have been peer reviewed. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like two peer reviewed articles, meaning someone who's in the same realm as you has looked at it and been like, that's not garbage. Like fact, like, yeah. Someone, it's a fact checker kind yeah, 100%, of. Yeah. And then I want to say there was one other thing. It had to have a site, at least six of its own sources that will also fit. So it was like Damn. this crazy criteria for me to be able to cite an actual source and use it and get credit for it in school. Now, I'm sure everybody's colleges had different rules and regulations around that, but it's always something like that. Today, I hope that still stands, but people on the fucking internet are just like, well, I read this blog that told me (laughs) that there are only four types of people with depression, and I know better than you. Everybody's an expert Mm -hmm. versus the people that actually went to school and are legitimate experts who are educated um yeah and i also think too the acceptance of like the pronoun culture which i agree yes there are people that have gender dysphoria mm-hmm. is that yep. the, even are allowed to call it dysphoria anymore i don't know if that's politically i, th- I correct. think so i mean i don't i don't really follow the pc stuff i just know that diagnostically speaking you'd say oh you have gender dysphoria, dysphoria. so the whole thing and like the reason us oldies are upset about the pronoun stuff is because we were raised to to be free thinkers and to mm-hmm. think critically. And if you're impeding my speech, you're telling me what I can. And it's not that I don't accept you and your identity. If Katie Morton today were to be like, listen, I'm transitioning to a man. I want you to call me Kyle. I'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, Kyle, done. Yeah. But blanket it, like, that's crazy. Yeah. And I think there's also this, like, the intolerance or the assumption, I guess, that people are malicious when they don't follow it. Like, let's say yeah. I am transitioning like not- and you randomly call me Katie. I'd be like, that name is... <laughs> And I get like offended <laughs> yeah, as if cancel. you're doing it to, to harm me. It's too personal. And again, yeah. I think it's that like no one's taking responsibility for their own emotional yeah. reaction. 100%. And if someone is doing it malicious, but I, I think it's I like 90% so. people aren't. People just forget or you get used to calling someone a certain thing. And it's or like even saying they instead of he or she is a diff. It's something you have to think about. It's not something I was taught in English class or things I've read in books. Like it's 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 a new thing. It takes time. Takes time. And also too, um, I think one of the most liberating things that I ever realized. I was about twenty seven in the workplace. Is that nobody's thinking about you? No, they're thinking about themselves. <laughs> you, I get so hung up, you know, in my in my youth about like, oh my god, I said this to somebody, and I, uh, they're all they're all thinking about me. Like, mm-hmm. baby, nobody's. They moved about right you. along. <laughs> <laughs> they're worried about their own shit. They're thinking you're thinking of you know. It's yeah. like this weird cycle. We're so ego. We're just so stuck we, on ourselves. So stuck on ourselves, <laughs> and it's so liberating once you realize like I'm not a main character in anybody else's life, but my mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. Nobody fucking. It cares. is liberating because you're like <laughs> even silly things you do and you embarrass yourself in public, and you're like. They'll forget about it by tomorrow. Forgotten. So speaking of trans, I'm so happy you're here because (laughs) I uh, I've been obsessed with Mattel. Um, They've been putting out so many new variants of Barbie, and it's hilarious because they're trying to be. Do people buy them? That's my biggest question. (laughs) It's me, and they limit it to two per customer. Otherwise, I would buy the entire catalog. They limit it to two. 
two. That's weird. I know. You're like, did you only produce two? That's, that's so I don't strange. know why. So that's weird. Uh, so I'm obsessed. I've bought um, uh, uh, so many different ones. I think this is fine. <laughs> so they they also try to be inclusive, but not offensive. So what they'll do is uh, <laughs> they'll be like a uh, brunette Ken. And Ken is clearly Asian, not just brunette or oh. brunette Ken, but brunette Ken is lat- Latino. And like, why not just why say not just Ken? Puerto Ken Rican? comes in these different variations of what a dude looks like. <laughs> right. But they That's won't. So funny. They won't racially label him. So instead they go by hair color. Oh, oh my God. Look at Ken from the vintage. He's like super tanned. I know. It's so oh it's just goodness. so. So they're really trying to be inclusive. And I. I think that's neat, but okay. So, so let's talk about mm-hmm. Laverne Cox. So this is Laverne Cox trans Barbie and it's very provoking for me. I, I like Laverne Cox as an actress. I think uh-huh. that she's really a pioneer. I mean, she was trans Super before talented. it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I think this is fascinating. So let's talk about this. First mm-hmm. of all, how many people in the world are trans by your estimation? I'd have to look up the stats. I know it's a very low number. I want to say it's less than 1% of the population. Um, if you don't know, schizophrenia affects 1% of the population. And I know oh. it's around that stat. I don't know, Nadav, if you can look. Yeah, it, it the percentage is very low. Um, I know now they make it out to be... Now, it does exist, obviously. Yes. Very much so. And gender dysphoria has been around forever. And I have some good friends who've you know, who are transgender and it's, and it just, honestly, it's kind of interesting to me because my friends that I knew before, like you said before, being trans was so cool, I guess. And they would get sick of talking about it like Mm. online or with either like my life is like, I'm just me, you know? And there was uh, I think it's Nikki tutorials is a YouTuber who no one knew was trans because she was like, it's not part of who I like, that's just something that happened. I'm like, I moved on, you know? I mean, imagine always being categorized because of this one part of you. Of the meat shell mm-hmm. that you're in. It was yeah. like when everybody would be like, uh, come into the stage, very funny female comedian. And I was uh-huh. like, guys, I don't, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, but like, you're just like, does it have to be? It. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure it feels that way too. Okay. So, so Nadav says 0.7% of yeah, Americans. I thought it was, yeah. Okay. 1.4 million adults identify as trans. Okay. And that sounds about right. Wow. So, so, so the question becomes, gosh, I don't know. I mean, do we play with these do you you want to teach your kids about this stuff do at what age do you buy this for your i mean little girls play with this unless it's mm-hmm. a boy who's gonna be a little girl someday like my boys would probably just take her and my brother would like light her on fire sames yeah like, pop her head off. <laughs> she'd know. end up in the pool face down totally in dirt somewhere. i would say forget her somewhere yeah i mean yeah I, I played with barbies growing up i don't think the thing that i think people are misunderstanding is children don't have to be like walked through sexual identity or gender identity right away. Like kids are pretty like we're sponges, right? No one told me from like in school, well, you're a girl and you're a boy and that, you know, like, I mean, yes, I can be part of the conversation if your child has questions, but this whole, like, I forget, was it Florida or something had that law? Like before, was it like kindergarten? through second grade or something i think here in texas too it was k like they wanted to have pride parades kindergarten starting in kindergarten yeah and i don't think i mean i'm not sure that makes sense i don't think it's necessary i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it either but i don't think we need to talk about sex with kids that early i just no. think of it as sex like when we're talking about you know sexual preferences and sexual identity like we don't need to talk to kids like when when did we do sex ed oh uh, that, junior high same but by the time people are already 
yeah. active. It was late. But then, so that's what, what's an interesting point is that people bring up is like, but but heterosexual stuff is brought up in children's cartoons. And at first, I was like, no. But then we were it watching, yeah. and I was like. <gasps> Oh my God, these are all about heterosexual relationships. Well, Bugs Bunny dresses up like a girl. Oh, remember? Yeah. And like, there are things like that. And so I think for the 0.7% of the population, they're wanting some kind of representation. Yeah. I just don't know if schools are where it needs to be done. I, yeah. I feel like, but I don't know. I struggle with it because some parents are like asleep at the wheel. And so, you know, that's the schools true. pick, that's why sex ed is important because parents don't do it or you know what i mean so, so maybe when they're older and they're in sex ed or something you can be like but sex ed should be earlier because i agree ours well actually so we had a first thing about like essentially it was like wear deodorant you stink was yeah. kind of the thing we had yeah. the first <laughs> like meeting. sixth grade where yeah. you're like you guys have pubes yeah yeah and they were like you need to wear deodorant and everybody got free deodorant girls got tampons or pads or something yeah. and then they're like okay we'll see you next year yeah for the next round of things because y'all stunk so yeah. now we're taking care yeah. of that so I think there are like levels to it and I think it should happen earlier because a lot of times by the time they're talking about like STDs, it's done. It's, people are already having sex. Every Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was reading something about France and how they have anatomically correct dolls for little children to play with. Mm. So for instance, I know you guys are wondering what's Laverne's junk like down here. It's the first thing I did. Uh, <laughs> there is no junk. Which is like, and, and historically, Barbie's never had junk. Nor. Neither does Ken. He just has little underwears on. I know. It's so put, funny. Put a chastity belt on the new Ken. Uh, <laughs> so, but in France, the, it's if it's not a point of shame, mm -hmm. which it isn't, like, why not just make yeah. things? I mean, I grew up with that model. Like, because well, you're, you're very parents European. Are from Europe. Yeah. And I, it was just neither here nor there. Well, Sean is from Montreal and he was like, God, Americans are so uptight about sex. So uptight. Because... Quebec, for people who don't know, Montreal is like a French speak. It's 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 France. It's very different. France. It's French. I'm sure France would be like, no, mm -mm -mm -mm. they're not. But they do but speak French. They do speak French. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like definitely more of a European feel. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it we are uptight about sex. And I think we make it into a bigger deal than it needs to be. Definitely. Definitely. Because they can handle it if you're just matter of fact about stuff. Yeah. Well, then it's not as like <gasps> taboo and secret and then. There's, I, I feel like it's almost the thing when you're a kid, when your parents say, don't do it, you're like, well, I'm going to fucking do it. I know. Like there's, I, that's that part of me. And I feel like we create that in our kids by being like, sex is dirty. I know. It's bad. We so do. And then you're like, but maybe I want it as a teenager. You're like, oh. I'm bad. I know. And there's that rebel part of us that it's because it's, it's natural developmentally when you're a teen to push boundaries. Yeah. How far can I get with this? What can I do? How can I get attention? If you're neglected, there's we're very adaptive. But if we make it into a taboo thing, then I think people are more apt to. It's human like, nature mm -hmm. to want to do that thing even more. Totally. God, it's so funny. I'm just thinking about there's um, I'm really learning about. Excuse me, I'm gonna throw up. How um, <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. I was like, that's not a burp, but it kind of was. Well, uh, men's relationship to their peeners mm -hmm. watching my boys because mm -hmm. you as a woman are always grabbing it why are little boys always grabbing their peeners uh, exactly so <laughs> so as a woman you know you have boyfriends and then your husband and you're like what is your obsession with your peener mm. and now that i have two little boys it starts so early girls are not that way that's the funny thing no you don't see girls with their hands on their pants. no but because it's hidden, it's mm -hmm. it's hidden, it's internal, our mm -hmm. stuff is internal. And uh, yeah, it's just it's such a different, and I wonder what effect that has on you 
I mean, overall, like, for instance, if our genitals and our pleasure centers are hidden, theirs are external, mm. they're openly. I mean, my boys will sit and watch cartoons and just, like, touch their Ds. Mm-hmm. And we have to be like, okay, you can do that just in your own bedroom. Like, yeah, not out in public. Not out in public, weirdo. <laughs> like, not in parks either or in your car. So, because um, some guys grow up to do that, you mm-hmm. know. It's creepy. Um, but the point being, I wonder what that I, mean, I don't know. Like, I wonder what that does to you later on in life. Like, if we're hidden and we're more like, oh, I'm the shame. Could be. I mean, it's also the way we talk about women's sexuality or the way I was raised, you know. I also, I was raised Christian. Mm. I, I mean, I haven't gone to church since, I don't know, since I had to, the choice. Um, but, you know, it's very much like you, you don't and, you, you know, you're not supposed to want that. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, it's dirty, it's bad kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think that definitely gets into our heads more. Although it can get into guys, too. Like, yeah. I mean, guys that I went to church with, I'm sure have their own ish with it, too. But there was an interesting article. This is years and years ago. So forgive me. I don't remember, like, who did it or whatever. But it was kind of I went on a rabbit hole. Is it, is it Kenzie or what's the name of the Kenzie. guy? That, that sexual the like spectrum. So of, interesting. Yeah. I went down a rabbit hole in grad school on this. Well, let's describe it before we move forward. <laughs> so Kenzie came up with this the scale of was it homosexuality or yeah. something? Yeah, it was essentially the homo scale. It was it's essentially. Oh, what here we're I can kind of, show you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me illustrate Kenzie's. Okay. So this would be a per, like heterosexual. This is a one. Mm-hmm. This guy likes chicks, steaks, blowjobs, sports, sandwiches sandwiches this is a 10 <laughs> this guy listens to frankie goes to hollywood mm-hmm. and does crystal meth and blows guys <laughs> does crystal meth in san francisco totally this guy sucks his deep. hair is so interesting is so weird so okay there you go so, so there's a spectrum. there's a spectrum so he was doing research kind of almost like creepy research if you if you really there's like a documentary too if people really want to get into there's it there's movies about him it's cool. yeah it's really yeah. fascinating so i went down a rabbit hole about like and this was before now everybody's I'm assuming doing, you know, different research on gender identity, sexuality, but there was this, uh, what's it called there? It'll come to me in a second, but I can't think of it, but it's a biologist of sorts about like why we look the way we look and why things are the way uh, evolutionary biologist. Mm. He wrote this paper about like the reason our arms are the length that they are. So we can essentially play with ourselves. Whoa. (laughs) I was like, What? Wow. And I'll never because then I nannied and babysat and boys always play with their peeners. Yeah. And I was like, is that guy fucking right? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Because he's like, it would make more sense for it, you know, if you think about it. It doesn't really make sense where it is. Like it's harder to clean and it's difficult to, you know, to access, like for actual sex and stuff. It's like more complicated. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. But anyway. you think too about childbirth. And so I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. I'm like, why would evolutionary, why would we have the birth canal right next to the brown canal? Yeah, why would you put... What? And and you shit while you're giving birth. Yeah. So like your baby's just going to be born in a pile of feces. That makes no sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense. It's so weird. And it always leads like hemorrhoids too. Because yeah. It's like, it's horrible. So <laughs> I know it's, it's certain things. Yeah. So anyway, that was the hypothesis. Now, do I know? I, again, I don't. It's an interesting idea. I was just like, it like stuck with me. It's, it's one of those weird factoids where you're like, I can't move past that. That's a, I can't move past that either. Now I'm going to see everybody's arm length and be like, he's got a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some guys have really long arms. Like that swimmer, <laughs> that Phelps guy, mm-hmm. he's got like, so he must have a long dong. Must, I don't know. Under his knees. <laughs> Jay and his knee dong. Um, yeah, that's so fucking funny. I mean, I'm always, I'm always reluctant to label kids 
uh, sexuality. So I think that's my my one thing too is like, okay, it's great that we have these labels and ideas, but let's not be so quick to go like you're trans. Like I don't know, dude. I dressed up like Robert Smith from The Cure when I was fifteen. I was a tomboy. Like I didn't yeah. want to wear makeup. I wasn't interested in anything girly for a while. Like I don't know. I I do worry about that. I have a big concern about two things in like involving this the kind of trans movement, I guess. I don't know what we should call it, but that's what I would call it. Is number one, I worry that children will transition that maybe aren't actually mm-hmm. trans. And I don't know, like, I don't think you can go back from that. Like, I think you forever changed if they do it too early. Yeah. And there was a, a article, a research article came out, I want to say last year of, it was like following 10 people who wanted to like go back, mm. transition back to their original. And I don't know, I'd have to dig it back out because it's been a while since I read it, but it was, it was honestly kind of sad. Mm. A lot of them were saying like, I got whipped up into a frenzy and I've always been more of like, you know, a female, like more feminine male or more male female and thinking that that meant, you know, something it didn't for Yeah. Them. Maybe it just doesn't mean shit. Maybe it just means you're on this, this Kinsey scale. Of yeah. The flu fluidity. fluidity. Just, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I worry about that. And then I do worry about it eroding women's rights. Yeah. Cause there's always bad actors. And that kind of fucking sucks. I know. Um, Yeah, because I remember more in college reading books about sexual fluidity and Mm -hmm. female sexuality. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, look at Kelly McGillis, who was, um, you know, Maverick's girlfriend in the first Top Gun film. And she doesn't show up in the second one. But she was married to two guys and then was like, fuck it. I'm I'm into women now. (laughs) Um, And now she's married to a woman, which Mm -hmm. is like. Okay, that that can happen too, which is so funny. Oh yeah, she was so pretty. Yeah, she was. She looked like Grace Kelly. She in did. the first Top Gun film. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of people. I mean, I've had friends who have, you know, wouldn't call themselves gay or lesbian or whatever, but they've dated different people. It's more about the person. Yeah, that's and I think cool. that's really, you know, for a lot of people, that's it. So no. maybe um, when when Tom dies, I'll just marry a girl. Because I'm not sure I'll be sexually interested. Yeah, be tired. By the time I have menopause and yeah. these kids have just drained me, and be like, I just want a friend. Yeah, someone to talk to. <laughs> just listen. Just yeah. drink wine. Talk about feelings mm-hmm. and shit all day. Yeah. Like the Golden Girls. Do you I think know, they were all lesbos? I think they were just tired of men. Except for Blanche. Oh, no, was yeah. it Blanche? Blanche Devereaux. Was it Blanche that was the... See, now the, yeah. that's probably what Golden Girls <laughs> resonates so much with the culture today. Women are like, <laughs> I get it. But they were all young. They were like... I know. They were like 50. <laughs> it was something I saw where it was like Sex and the City, the uh, the reboot, yeah. which I still haven't watched. It's I know. terrible. I didn't want to. I knew it was terrible. They were like, they were the same age as them. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. What are we doing? <laughs> they... I mean, that's hilarious. They're only in their Estelle? 50s. How old is Estelle? <laughs> well, Estelle Getty, they made, they put makeup on her, I think, to make her look older. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, that's what wild. the fuck? Betty White, how, will you Google like how old the golden, the golden girls were supposed to be? Yeah, I think they were like in their Remember 50s. The ex, the ex-husband Stan, like that yes, loser cover. Yep. Oh, Stan. Yeah. B. Arthur. Oh, Dorothy and Rose are actually both 55. Blanche is in her early 50s and Sophia is 80. Okay, so Sophia was old. Blanche is in her early 50s. <laughs> Guys, I'm almost in my early, like I'm 46. I know, my husband's 47. This is like the teenage dream. <laughs> I'm dressing like I'm 15 still. This was, is wild. I mean, we do what we want. We're, we're It's a know. different era. I mean, thank God women are, <sighs> look at that. It's fucking I know, amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> Literally the same age, yeah. 
But it also, I mean, I think. Uh, <laughs> we got to let this sink in. Because <laughs> they're moo-moos. Wild. And, and Miranda became a lesbian. Well, she was in real life. And then, so she did that. Miranda was like, fuck it. I'm yeah. done. Mm-hmm. I'm done being from Mars and Venus or whatever. Yeah. She's like, let's just date Find chicks. someone on my own planet. Yeah. How crazy. Oh my God. It's so funny how women, like you just went gray mm-hmm. at 52 and you put on a frumpy pantsuit. And you cut your hair real short and you <laughs> permed it. <laughs> you just gave up. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, God. not to say like, but women have more options now. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And we also live longer. Yeah. So like 50s, not what it used it's to really be. Not. <laughs> it's really not. So I think that's important to remember. And because we have more options, we're like, maybe I won't get married until I'm 35, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, I did. Everything's different. Yeah. Yeah. I was just um, listening to some podcast about that. Like, hey, marriage is a societal paradigm, but, you know, people are opting out of doing Mm -hmm. it, doing it their own way. I'm curious to see how what happens Next next generation. I mean, yeah. we're all older doing stuff. I'm, I was an old mom. I was an old bride. Yeah. I mean, I. it's funny because I grew up in a really small town, like less than 10,000 people still. Oh my God. And it's grown a lot since I left. Um, I'll take you sometime. It'll be ridiculous. Do you know everybody? You must know everybody. I used to when I would go home from college. I'd be like, oh, my God, your grandpa was just in here. And nah, 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 nah. your dad was just saying how you were coming home. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? I just want to check out and get my groceries and get out of here. Um, but. It kept me kind of safe. Grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But when I, so I graduated, college was like 21 and then went to graduate school. And I remember like I had boyfriends or whatever and dated. And I remember my brother of all people saying to me and then to my mom, like, are you ever going to settle down? I was like all of like 23, <laughs> 24. Yeah, it's but it's kind of, of your mentality. Life. Like my friends had already, I mean, they're not really my friends anymore, but people I grew up with they were already married and had kids. And yeah. I don't know if I wanted any of that, to be honest. Yeah. Until yeah. I met Sean, because he's he's cool. I like him a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your, your husband. <laughs> That's so true, because a lot of people that write into the show are like, I'm 25, and everybody's on me to have kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. gosh, it's so regional, because mm-hmm. in LA, they're not on you. No. And here, Austin is, uh, I see moms my age at the park, too. Yeah. So it is regional. It's cultural. It, it totally is. And I think even... I think I got married at 29, almost 30. And I was one of my first friends to get married in LA. Wow. You know, like my friend Abba got married right before me, like a few months before. And then that was it. Then my other friends, even one of my friends didn't get married. I think she was like 38. Wow. Yeah, it just depends. I don't know. There was no pressure. So when my brother said said that, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life right now. (laughs) I still got a lot of other shit to figure out. Lots of other stuff. I was just talking to a comedian. I think it was Jeff Ross, you know, he did a private gig together. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's he's not married, he has no children yet, and I think he's probably in his fifties. And um and he's like, So what what have you been up to, Christina? What you? and I was like, uh raising people. It's mm-hmm. like I wake up at six thirty AM, I go to bed at nine thirty, and, and it's wiping asses and stuff. It's it's just my everything is the same. And he's like he just, he was kind of like staring off and he was really listening and he's like, God, that sounds amazing. Oh. And I go, What do you mean, Jeff? He goes, well, that structure and that discipline of just having something to tether you, like to to have that routine. Oh, interesting. And I started to think about it, and like at times, obviously, it's it's dreadful and whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, it is very anchoring. 
Well, and some of us need, I mean, everybody needs structure. Yes. Let's be honest. Some kind of structure is comforting. Yeah. And if you've been untethered, like even Sean and I, so we've been together for, I don't know, like 14 years or something and getting Roxy. Yeah. I was just going to say that. At the beginning, no one talks about this either, which I think it's like having kids. <laughs> we were like, we fucked up. Yeah, dogs are the worst. What the can... fuck are we thinking? Like we used to just, oh, I don't know what we want to do today. Let's just go, we'll go to the water, then we'll wander around. Now we're like, yeah. how long has she been at home? I don't know. Has she, she probably has to go potty or can we take the dog there? Or maybe we can leave her with, like, what? I know. It's a whole thing. Nobody talks about that. So like, fuck you all for not talking about it. <laughs> And, and puppies know. too when you're potty mm-hmm. I was going to say toilet training but when you're potty thing. training yeah, every I four wish hours. I could teach her to go on the toilet you like, can you do your duty here you can <laughs> um, yeah my friend um, just got a dog and he's about my age too and he hasn't had no wife no kids nothing and I'm watching him transform mm-hmm. into a parent a dog parent yeah. you really dogs are great great training for children and I'm watching him be like I can't I can't go to the movies with you because I can't put the the dog in doggy daycare because she doesn't have her shots yet and I was like oh yeah because she has to have yeah and I'm like it's it's but that process is what it is to become an adult Mm -hmm. to get out of like me 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 my 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 it's that that's no way to exist either when it's always just about you so I think I mean it could be (laughs) people can be you know I've seen other people do although I feel like everybody at one point at least gets an animal yeah, animals are, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think it's good to care for something else. That's what I mean. To yeah. get out of you, there mm-hmm. comes an age where you're just like, I can't do just me all the time. I feel like it's... It's kind of isolating. It can be sad and lonely. Yeah. Even having a partner, someone in your life, whether it's like a friend that you, like a roommate, or whether it's like a husband or a wife or whatever, I think having someone else that kind of, not that you're beholden to, but that is concerned about you that you have to check yeah. in on someone yeah, else to care. or something else you have to think about i think so it's i mm-hmm. think it's very maturing because my i got my first dog mm-hmm. that dog just transformed me mm-hmm. from being a self-centered and i don't i i, I i'm like a words not, sel- not selfish but just self always but selfish with isn't self. a bad thing oh, not necessarily you're just only thinking about yourself because nothing else counted on you a hundred percent and then when I got FIFO, it transformed me into a person that was able to care for another being and then other directed as well. And that was, that was an epiphany for me. And he mm-hmm. taught me how to love. That dog made me love, mm-hmm. really, for the first time. And then it just opened me up. So I don't know. Dogs are so healing. And I'm watching my friend get this out. And I'm like, yes, finally. I'm so stoked that you rescued this dog. Like yeah. This dog's going to rescue you. That's the irony. Totally. And yeah. they, they're so excited to see you. It's like I love Roxy because she's not a morning person, morning dog, which is why I love her because I'm also not a morning yeah. person. But today I got up early for me. I got up at eight. I set my alarm for you because I love you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And so like 8.15, 8.30, I'm like coming out of my bedroom, showered, and I'm going to get her out of her crate because she sleeps in her crate. Yeah. And I'm like, good morning, Roxy, as Aww. I walk up. And no tail thump. Usually her tail thump uh, right away. And she's like curled up like a little baby. Uh, and she looks and she yawns at me and she puts her head back in. She's like, no, mom. No, what what mom. the fuck is this? Ugh. No. You train her well mm-hmm. to sleep in. Oh, she sleeps. One time Sean and I accidentally, I think we just needed it because we've been working a lot. We slept for like 12 hours one night. We were like. Oh, that's amazing. And she was totally zonked. Oh. When I came out to wake her up, because like, oh my God, the dog, did she like whine? I wonder if she like shit in her crate. <laughs> no. She's like, oh. It's Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good age when they get to when they're out of like the puppy zone mm-hmm. and they're more into like an adult dog. She's still puppy-ish, sleep. but she sleeps. 
Yeah. She always sleeps full through the night. Well, see, now you got me thinking of what if I just lived a self self life? Mm-hmm. What does that what would that even look like? Because I really just like I did have a hankering for kids at thirty five. It's like a flip, a switch flipped, hmm. and I was like, must make baby now, <laughs> must make baby. Like it was beyond my control. Mm-hmm. But what if that switch never went off? Like I guess that's what happens. And yeah, I've some, never had that switch. Go you off. never had that. Yeah. Mm-mm. So then. You just get to sleep in and stuff. Tell me what that feels like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's funny because I always thought that it would switch. Yeah. That it because Sean and I had always talked like I don't think we want kids and I don't think so. And both you know my mom and his dad were like you you are you sure please <laughs> you know and I was like you can raise them um, yeah and then it just never happened and I've always just enjoyed my time with Sean and never felt like it was yeah I get why people want kids I just don't have that you don't have the 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 hankering so and it's such a privilege. Like, Ugh, I'm not going to do it just to do it because it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a, it's a decision, man. Yeah. It's a real I know people don't decision. always go into it that way and that's fine too, but. Ooh, it's I, not fine. You need, you need to think about it. What's well, a big commit. <laughs> like even the dog is a big commitment. Yeah. Dog is a 15 year commitment. It's a lot. And they break your heart when they pass. I can't even, I don't even want to think about but it. But the child, the, that is a lifetime of worrying and, and whatever. Uh, but this is, so this is a good question to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of people writing in who don't have children yet mm-hmm. or maybe never want to have them mm-hmm. and they're like my relatives are always asking yeah. me what's a great way to basically politely say fuck off mm. so how should you address this i mean i'm kind of sarcastic i'll give you a couple options because i've been doing it i mean i'm 38 and sean i've been together since i was 24 so i've been doing it for a long time God. so i first i used to try to make excuses and they'd be like i don't know not yet you know because it was er- early on and so i'd be like i don't know i don't know what i want and then I got kind of frustrated. My fan, I'm pretty stubborn also. My mom's like, I knew if I pressed, there was no chance. Like I was <laughs> going to push you into the other way because that's how I am. But at this point, I mean, I always say, you know, that's a great decision for people to make. It's just not one we're going to make. Yeah. I mean, that's how I say it. Or like, and with my family, I, I'm sarcastic. And so I'll say, oh, do you want to raise a kid? I'll totally <laughs> have a kid if you want to raise it because I'm not up for that, you know, because um, nobody wants to do that like yeah sure yeah like, they don't mean that they're sure easy for you to say do you know what i mean i don't know so i always just say like good for others not for us yeah good good for others but not for us mm-hmm. and then do you find people try to convince you oh 100 <laughs> percent. misery loves company i have friends that are like in it like baby babies like almost all my friends have kids around your kids oh, age gosh. or a little younger yeah and they're like come on I'm like, Mm-mm. no, I, look, I would never, I would say qualitatively, your life is much better than mine. I mean, you wake up when you want, <laughs> you just leave the house, like just today, this morning, just to wake up and get ready for the show. My little one was in my bed and then he wakes up and he's, he wants me to stay in the bed and then no, and then I try to get my makeup on and he's still bothering me. It's like, you know, it's a whole deal. Do I mm-hmm. love them? Absolutely. Would I be, I'm so thankful and grateful we did it. But the day-to-dayness of it is really fucking exhausting. Of course. And grinding. But but then you'll have the cool thing that you'll have that we won't have is that when you're older, you'll get to see them grow and meet women you like or don't like or guys you like or don't like. And like, you know what I mean? You'll get to have the process and you watch them become humans. And I think that's really cool. And then, you know. I want grandkids. Yeah. And then have like big dinners with your family that's cool you know i know but then yeah but it's a lot and i feel like it's a it's a big decision that i decision that not everybody considers 
I know. And nobody talks about the hard stuff either. That's what I hate about people. They always pretend like, even with dogs, when I finally, when I, I called my, my girlfriend, Kim, and I was like, dude, like having a dog, she's like, oh, I know. When we first got Lady there, first of all, she's like, Ben and I were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I was like, why didn't you say anything? She's like, I felt like a bad person. That's what it is. And there's that judgment around like, because it's hard, it's like not okay to say it's hard because it's another being. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you're seen as not loving the gig. Yeah. If you don't, uh, if you're not on board with it 24 seven, like, which is so fucked. It's fucked. Because you can have two emotions running at the same time. I, I can have joy and pain simultaneously. Obviously. Well, and anything worth doing has both, right? Yeah. Like even comedy. I know from the outside it looks like a glamorous it's profession. A but fucking work. It's a lot of bullshit. So I don't love being a comedian all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't love anything all the time. No. It's silly. No. I mean, you love your children, I'm saying unconditionally, but you don't enjoy the experience. Well, there's of moments of like, what you know and that's life and people need to talk more about that stuff i feel like that's like more honest no i wonder that's funny yeah and i'm guessing too because like motherhood has always been idealized especially in the 1950s like you stay home and you take care of kids dude like what could be greater (laughs) like oh my god those poor women had no options i know it's interesting talking um both sean and i's grandmas have passed away now but both of our grandmas were pretty like spitfirey, like feisty for their time type of women. And both of them at different times had told us like, if I knew I had other options, mm. what I would have done, you know, like, I don't know if it was Sean's grandma or my grandma had said like the options for her for jobs were like typist, mm-hmm. secretary, teacher, <laughs> and nurse. nurse. I think that was it. Yeah. And maybe one other. And my grandma went up to Seattle to like, she was a typist. Like she was learning how to be a typist, I think. Anyway, but they were talking about like, those were the options. It's wild. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm 38. So I'm now older. We're moving into this older generation. But I growing up never felt like I'm like, sky's the limit. Whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like yeah. how quickly that shifted. So how, fast. And my grandma stayed home with her three kids. <sighs> and I mean, as my friends have started to have kids, I always t- tell my mom, I'm like, I don't know how you did it. And she's like, you just do. Well, and I also think doing it younger. And she didn't have a nanny or anything. No, either. but I mean, if yeah. I were 10 years, if I had my kids when I was supposed to biologically, mm-hmm. then yeah. Okay. Three kids, cleaning the house, cooking for everybody, three meals a day, put doing laundry. It's oh, fucking constant. exhausting, That's dude. A lot. It's a but, full job. But like, if you're in your 20s, then yeah, you can fucking. I, I mean, got the energy, I guess. But, it still sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but your your grandma never got it. You don't get a mental break. No. She had her first my dad, she had at like twenty. Jeez. Or nineteen or something. Yeah. You're a baby. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. But it is a full time job. I think the thing that bothered me the most is the feeding. The amount of food I'd have oh to create and like plan and like deal. Oh, that's how, the, how that's you your d- biggest one. <laughs> I don't well, laundry doesn't bother me. So postmates is for, dude. Like, oh true. When but I'm before <laughs> pre do you know what oh, I mean? Like fuck. Well, that's why, like, I'm not such a Nazi about nutrition all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I dude. appreciate that about you. <laughs> like when I was, when we were hanging out and your groceries got delivered, it was like lunchable, and I was like, damn straight. Sometimes you're just like, fucking peel it open, just eat it yourself. Open it, God. Well, because like, <laughs> I grew up eating the worst possible diet because I was raised by like a single dad. I literally mm-hmm. ate out of cans or microwavable shit. So like, great. So on the weekends when I'm alone with my kids guess what? We're fucking ordering pizza. Yeah. We're well, ordering easier. whatever. I don't care. And then yeah. on the weekdays when the nanny comes, she'll cook for you. You'll get your vegetables then. Uh-huh. You know what I do? I put smoothies. Oh yeah. They that's... think they're getting something good and you just throw some spinach in Always. there. Always. They never that's know. enough. I do that for myself. Yeah, dog. Sneak myself. Like, tr- <laughs> trick myself into getting my vegetables. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Postmates are, um, or you cook enough that you save it in a Tupperware yeah. for the next round of feedings. That but makes it sense. is relentless. That's the, the thing. They're all, yeah. And then it makes sense now. And then I'm always like, wow, I was such an asshole. Cause I'd be like, I don't want this, mom. Like, I want to punch little me in the face. <laughs> mom made a lot of fucking food for you and you should have just shut up and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of moms listening to this that are like, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're mm-hmm. not going to eat this, then you're not yep. fucking eating. That's why mom would say, you know, like, eat it or yeah. hungry. This is what's for dinner. This is what it is. You don't like it? Figure something else out. I, I don't know. know. You know, it's so funny. My <laughs> kids think everything is spicy. They always say, this oh. is too spicy. And you're like, God, I remember Julian when we were out to lunch. Oh. It was like a sandwich, like with pesto. Spicy. So spicy. So spicy. He was they, like, they hate flavor. He, so he ate french fries. You're yeah. Like, well, there, there you go. Yeah. It's too spicy. Hamburger's too spicy. Your sandwich was too spicy. <laughs> They're so funny. They eat like shit. Like yeah. they don't want to eat nothing, dude. Like yeah. you can cook for kids like your gourmet stuff. They don't want it. They their don't taste buds fucking are like want too, it. Oh, they're like, I don't know. It's like their taste buds are too fresh and new. That Everything uh, that has flavor for us, like blue cheese, they'd be like, ah. oh, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up eating pasta, hot dogs, yep. canned stuff, yep. whatever. So that's what I'm saying. Like you can try to cook mac and cheese, man. That oh, was my favorite. All day. I make that oh. shit every day. I would never put any milk in it too much fuck milk, no because i want it to be like so extra cheesy, cheesy. <laughs> me too <laughs> i'd be like maybe a little butter that's all that'll the, make it better that's how i do it a oh, ton of butter mm-hmm. and then Same. just orange fuck your milk i knew we were Deluding good friends for a reason yeah, <laughs> now you want to get real trashy real white trash uh-huh. take a scoop of cream cheese <gasps> oh even better even better oh, dude mm-hmm. that's the jam that yeah and jam. i'll feed them like turkey dogs instead yeah, of just like fine. hot dog lips and assholes lips and assholes i feel like it's good for you to build that resilient that tolerance i think a little bit i ain't gonna eat fucking broccoli and shit no i mean my mom would have to cover those in like Velveeta cheese yeah. for me to handle it look there's an like, age there's a sometimes and some days they're down to eat a piece of broccoli and that's when you shove it down their throat. Yep. But I think this idea like you got to eat the rainbow at every meal like dude it's not going to happen. Yeah. Do you want to eat salads every day? No. You don't. And that's the thing like intuitive eating. I think that's as an eating disorder specialist that kind of stuff bothers me with kids like forcing them to finish, Oof. forcing them to eat certain foods. And yes, children should try new things. Like I do love Daniel the Tiger. If you have little kids, Daniel the oh. Tiger is a great cartoon. Yes. I don't know. I think maybe Julian would enjoy it. It's a little, you know, Ellis is too old for it, I think. But they have little songs. And my cousin has her daughter, Ellis. Oh, I know. great. Don't tell Oh, Tom. sorry. I'd it's a cute so name. Upset. I love the name for both. <sighs> don't even say that. Okay, I'm sorry. I take it back. But anyways, her daughter loves Daniel the Tiger. And she had her watch this one episode before Christmas time that was like, try new things i gotta try new kind of like just one take one bite see what you think kind of thing it's a little ditty and they had cheesecake of all things like who doesn't want cheesecake cheesecake. but she didn't want to try it because she didn't know what it was right and my cousin amanda she's like well what 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 do you say alice is something new she was like i try new things i'm gonna try new things you know i'll take a bite and see if i like it don't have to eat anymore but take a bite see if you like it and did she like it no (laughs) She was like, I don't want it anymore. But then that's okay. You tried it. You don't like it. And it, I think forcing children aye, aye, aye. is again, like we're starting them from a young age to not trust their body. Like yeah. if they're full and they don't want anymore. I let it go. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, try again. Be like, are you really full? Did I think it's even okay to be like, do you check in? Is your tummy full? Because kids are so intuitive. 
Yeah. They like when they're hungry, they're going to eat. That's true. I, and that's another thing to remember as a parent. Some days they're not going to want to eat a lot. No. And that's okay. Some days you don't want to eat a lot. Mm-hmm. So don't freak out. Like, cause then they might go through a growth spurt in like a day or two and yeah. they'll eat like horses and My they'll make up. My dog's eating that way. Some days yeah. she'll, I'll be like, is she okay? She's sick. She only ate like half her kibble. Yeah. And then the next day she's like scarfing things down. So kids are the same. I feel like, and put things in Ziplocs, cover it up. They might want it later. Oh Yeah. But forcing, I feel like, gets us away from from a very young age from intuitive eating, which oh, yeah. is really important. Well, I, the the clean plate stuff. Oh uh, yeah, the that, clean plate club. That makes me bonkers. Like my husband and I, I'm I'm I. My parents thankfully didn't give a shit about what I. Ate. That was the neglect part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I can't really yeah. like laugh along. Uh, but <laughs> but the the good part is I never grew up with a hang up. Of mm. leaving food behind. I oh. don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to save every fucking scrap of food. It makes me nutty when I see like people. I don't even save like leftovers. That I much, don't so. like it. Especially restaurant food. First of all, no. you know how fucking old that shit is once it's been delivered to you. And it never don't reheats save it. properly. So my husband is, I've told over the years, I've been like, Tommy, what if you left half the food on the plate? So what? Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. And then to go like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what? Oh, he was raised at the clean plate club, uh-huh. which makes it so he, he's not intuitive. So he probably overeats without realizing. You don't even know. I know. I know. That stuff always bothers me because I think that's kind of like why our whole society like has such a hang up on food and diet culture and blah 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 blah. Why blah. is that? You think it's just like the that that upbringing of like you got you got to eat it all? Yeah, I think it's that mom knows best or dad knows best. You don't know your own body. Yeah, getting away from that I think is really important. Because yeah. we our kids are intuitive just by nature. I know. Our bodies tell us when they're hungry and when they're full. <sighs> I know. And everybody, I, I know. Let them be. I think we got to leave them the fuck alone yep. a little bit. Well, Katie Martin, guys, get her books. Are You Okay? And Traumatized is the latest one. Listen to her podcast, Ask Katie Anything, and follow her on TikTok. Her talks are so helpful. Oh, they're, you like my talks? Uh, hello. I don't I don't republish them because you're too sane. <laughs> You're not in my lane, so I try. It's fair. I try not to parallel lanes. (laughs) I try not to like it too much, or it'll mess up your feed. I know. Then you're only going to get therapist shit. Oh no! What will I go to to watch? Be like, people are doing what? And I'm like, people have gotten wow. I know. You know what's so exciting is there's um, a whole lane of people with herpes that are telling their stories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's bold. I mean, that is a wild herpes story. From it's like not mine. It's a friend's story. Sure. Go ahead. Um, without giving too many details because, you know, she doesn't like approve this or anything. And I'm not friends with her anymore, but sorry. Oh, fuck no um, Anyway, she, her first time having sex. No. Yep. It was horrible. And she was on her period. <sighs> no. Too, and he like pressured her. Horrible. Jerk. Asshole. And to be clear, like, I don't, do everybody fucking has, what do you think cold sores are? Those are herpes, bitch. Yep. So it's really just like you had the misfortune of getting it on your genitals, which from what I understand is very fucking painful when you have an outbreak. Oh, really? I don't, yeah. That's what my friends that have had genital herpes uh-huh. are like, it hurts so much, but you can take Valtrex to suppress the virus. So Does you, that suppress your immune system too? I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not a doctor. But no, me neither. I know that I have friends that take that just to regulate so that they don't have outbreaks as frequently or what i don't know dude that's fair whatever and i'm sure she does something like that too i know she was on something because she immediately went to the doctor and was like what the fuck but we were like 20 that's the thing that's what you when you catch it is in your your youth so i'd let me tell you i'll tell you my herpes Mm -hmm. story there was this cute fucking boy 
and Mike Harlan. It's always a cute fucking boy. Uh, he was <laughs> so hot. So hot. And he was he was coming after me. He was coming after Use me. Use protection. <laughs> and I had the miss the, the great fortune of a girl who wasn't even my friend, but was an acquaintance of mine. Mm-hmm come up to me and go do not date him he gave me herpes <gasps> thank god and to the i don't i mean what a fucking homie mm-hmm. for a girl just yeah. to be like hey dude and i think women do that yeah <laughs> tell somebody tell, she saved my ass from getting right from yeah <laughs> so like he is hot and that's in the time when people were embarrassed more embarrassed about having um genital herpes you know oh yeah yeah well everything's different now even like uh aids and hiv is non-transmittable if you like take your medicine it's It's non-detectable non-transmittable amazing amazing and in my lifetime to be able to see that is just yeah who thought i know and now there's a there's um a vax uh some treatment for cancer they're saying that stops the cancer cells from yeah breast cancer there's a it was like total there's been a couple of different medical breakthroughs it's amazing. It's amazing. Who would have thought? I remember thought? growing up, like getting a, di- a cancer diagnosis was like a death sentence. Do you remember when yes. people's parents, and I'd be like, oh, it was horrible. And now you're like, well, everybody's got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's still some that need, like, I don't know, if, like, is it lymphoma? They haven't. Yeah. My mom died of that. She died. She had uh, oh, I didn't lymphoma. Know. Yeah. Non-Hodgkin's. Oh. I know. That one's a toughie. Yeah. That's why, like, yeah, you just die at 60, like the Golden Girls. That's why they look like that. They were, on fucking... <laughs> they were riding off into the sunset. <laughs> Already at 50. They're that's, like, ah. That's so crazy. You know. Having them in moo-moos. And... I know. Yeah. Well, Katie Martin, always a pleasure. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And of course. Love you too. Thanks for having love me. Love you. All right, moms. Thank you. Subscribe to the show. And until next time, stay cool, moms. Meow. Where my moms, where my moms, where my moms at? Where my moms wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my moms, where my moms, where my moms at? Where my moms at?